welcome to Conversations for Life, a podcast ministry of Cross Life with husband and wife, Jonathan and Kathleen. We are here to discuss the things that bring life into our marriages and families. We invite you now to pull up a chair and join in the conversation. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again for Conversations for Life. Today, we're so blessed to have with us a guest author named Harriet Connor. And Harriet is actually from Down Under. She's she's born and raised in Australia, and she wrote a wonderful book. And today, we get to have her on today to talk about the purpose of parenthood. And we're excited to have her with us. And uh, Harriet, if I could get you to say hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. We're so we're so blessed to have you here, and so you know, Harry, you, 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 your book is a wonderful exploration, especially I think for for parents, uh, as you describe in the book, who are who are new as as parents, you know. And at the at the beginning of the book, you talk about that moment when you and your husband were bringing home this little baby, and for the first time, it dawned on you, you know, what you're in, what you're going to be doing, and just kind of going, oh my gosh, what are we doing? And so I'd love uh, for our audience, um, you know, hopefully a lot of them will read the book and get to, to read it themselves. But can you just share just in your own words, just what was that like for you when you and your husband bringing home your first baby? Well, I think we kept looking behind us thinking someone might stop us because it just <laughs> seemed a bit strange that these beginners were were really were unqualified to take home this tiny human I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. And you just think, surely there must be someone better equipped than us to take care of this little person because they just, when they're first born, they seem so precious and so fragile. Um, and we just we just want to do our best straight away. But, you know, we don't really know what we're doing. Yeah, and I think a lot of us can relate to that, especially with the first child, even with the children after that. It's just such a weighty responsibility. It's It's very sobering, I think. Mm, yeah, certainly. And I thought that it would come quite naturally to me because I'd always worked with children. All of my jobs have involved working with children on some level. And I, I thought I was quite good at it, actually. I was sort of, <laughs> you know, fun and confident. And then I became a mother and that all disappeared. <laughs> well, and, you know, as part of that, too, you know, of course, as a believer, you know, you're kind of waking up to this fact that that now, you know, even though, as you said, you, you had been around a lot of kids, here's here's this child that God has given you. And at least for me, it's like, man, I don't want to mess this up, you know? I mean, and of course, you kind of know, well, I know I'm going to mess it up in the, in the sense that I, I'm a sinner. I know I'm not going to be a perfect parent. But you, you, you all of a sudden kind of wake up to the reality that that this is is an incredible task. And, and in the book, you speak to kind of, you know, uh, feeling guilt and and we're starting to worry about uh, how you are inadequate. And so, what was that like for you? Kind of waking up to that sense of, wow, I'm so inadequate for this task. Yeah, I think the the stakes are so much higher when it's our own children. Um, and I think there's there are some reasons why, as modern parents, we do feel a weight of guilt, perhaps more so than in previous generations. I think one thing is that we've taken on the framework of pop psychology um, Mm -hmm. to interpret why we do what we do. And basically it comes down to, well, it's all your parents' fault. Mm -hmm. We think that, you know, what happens to you in childhood sets the course for your entire life. And so 
when we become parents ourselves, we're already worrying about what are our children going to be telling their therapist in 20 years' time? (laughs) And we think we're going to scar them somehow. Um, But it was really encouraging for me to come back to the Bible to realize, well, the Bible is much more realistic about human parents all human children unfortunately have human parents and Mm. that we can't help but have both a positive and a negative impact on them but the bible doesn't leave us there Uh, the bible also talks about how each person becomes responsible for their own life that as our children grow older they will have to sift out the good from the bad and God will hold them ultimately accountable for their life as an adult. And funnily enough, that's what all of us have done. I mean, all of us had imperfect parents and imperfect childhoods, but uh, as we've grown up into our adulthood, we have done that. We've weighed up what parts of our parents' legacy do we want to keep and what parts do we want to change or throw away. And we have to trust that our children will go through that process as well. But I think the the comfort of the Bible is also that we are human and we are limited in our parenting, but actually the good news is there is one perfect parent and that's God. And he wants us to run to him like little children, even as adults. He wants us to come to him as children and there in his arms we can receive his great forgiveness And we can receive his spirit who gives us the strength to get back up again and keep striving. Um, And we are not in control. As you said, we're not in control of how our children respond. We're not in control of the world around our children. There's so much that's out of our hands and that can make us feel very guilty and fearful. Um, But our father is in control. And in his great power and wisdom, he can use everything, even our parenting mistakes, for the good of his children. And I think, you know, that's so comforting to know that I have a father, (laughs) that that the buck doesn't stop with me, actually, that I'm, I'm doing my best, but I'm a limited human parent, but I can introduce my children to someone much greater, to to my father and theirs, um, who is perfect. Uh, and can work all things for good. So, I mean, there's one one more thing I would say about our imperfections, um, and that is to acknowledge that actually our imperfections can become a powerful parenting tool because mm. if you think about it, we're raising imperfect people mm. to live in an imperfect world, and so we actually need to model to them how do we navigate life in our imperfections, we show them how to say sorry to God and to other people, how to make amends, how to get back up again, dust ourselves off and try again tomorrow in God's strength. And I think our children learn so much from an imperfect childhood. They learn that the people around them aren't perfect. They learn to start showing grace and forgiveness to others. They also learn that life can be tough. And some lessons can only be learnt the hard way. They can only be learnt when our children are uncomfortable or have to wait or don't get what they want. Um, when When we fail to provide a perfect childhood for our children, we're actually helping them to develop resilience for life in the real world. So as much as it hurts when we know that we are inadequate and we can't be perfect parents, that 
God can use that uh, to grow our children and to, to teach them about Him, the, the only perfect parent. And so there's a really good phrase that's starting to come into, well, it's actually quite an old phrase, but starting to become popular in the parenting books, and that is the good enough parent. Yeah, that right. perfectionism right. is actually really damaging to us and to our children, that kind of perfectionism. Mm. But just aiming to be good enough parents who keep striving towards what's important, uh, but acknowledging our human limitations. And in our case, as Christians, acknowledging our Father in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such a good antidote to perfectionism. It's, you know, we. I think I didn't know for myself, I often have this unspoken goal of having control of everything so that I can make everything go right and this perfectionism. And yet, as you said, the goal itself is, uh, it's impossible and it's unnecessary. Um, we, we won't, even if we could do that, we wouldn't achieve something for our children because they themselves, uh, you know, have sin nature and they have to learn how to uh, live in this world that has fallen. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And, uh, well, so I wanted to ask too, um, one of the things that you talk about in your book is really encouraging parents not to focusing, not to focus in too much on just, uh, do this, don't do this, but to gain a big picture for parenthood. Um, so what, what do you mean by that? What, what does it look for a parent? What does it look like for a parent to have this big picture of the calling of parenthood? Yeah, well, I think as modern parents, we're often so caught up on all the tiny details um, that we forget to stop and ask what it's all about. You know, we can tell you what we think about schooling or sugar or screen time or spanking, (laughs) but we can't really tell you what we're aiming for or how we plan to get there. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember at one point it dawned on me that I was so busy counting how many servings of vegetables our sons were having each day that I was forgetting to notice whether or not they were learning to be kind, for Mm. example. And so in my book, I try to help parents do what I did, which was to step back from all the little nitty-gritty parenting decisions and and ask the bigger questions, like what is our purpose in life? What's our purpose as humans and what's our purpose as parents? Uh, What does it mean to be imperfect human parents? What are our family's values and how can we pass them on to our children? And also, what is our family's ideal structure and what's our place within the wider community? And I think once you have a clear understanding of these things, especially our purpose, our limitations and our values, when you've got a biblical framework for understanding your role as a parent, then you can confidently make all those day-to-day decisions Mm. for yourself. You know, once you know where you're headed and and what your main aims and values are, then you can start to work out, well, what kind of information and advice is going to support me in that? And what kinds of articles should I just stop reading? Mm, (laughs) It gave me, doing it gave me such power to stop reading. (laughs) Just to think, well, no, I've got, I've got, we have our clear, our clear framework. Now we can be confident and clear in our minds to go and live that out how we decide. And it gave me a great sense of confidence, I suppose, to have the big picture in mind all the time to really help us make the day-to-day decisions. So I don't want this to be another book that just tells you do this, don't do that. 
and and makes me the expert. I don't want to be a parenting expert. I want parents to be the experts. Right. I want to equip, equip them with the basic structure, the basic framework that they can then go and fill in. That's why, um, I don't know if you noticed the cover of the book, the cover of the book is like an unfinished adult colouring in page because I'm just hoping the book oh, will kind nice. of set the framework and it's up to you to go and sit down and, and fill in the details for yourself together with your spouse, ideally. Right. Right. Which is so relevant when you think about the little details of life. And, of course, it, it is very hard to step back from the details because, you know, as a mother, as a father, with, especially with younger children, um, and even as they get older, there is so much to do. We're so busy. But to be able to do that, to, to, to step back, as you said, and to look at the big picture and to recognize that all of these little things, they're part of building up uh, into that big picture. And so, mm. they're, you know, uh, the vegetables and the screen time or whatever, they're not just these isolated things that we're, we're doing because some expert told us, but what we're, we're using all of these parts of our life to create something beautiful in the big picture, which, and of course, you know, yeah, you're not the expert, we're not the expert uh, God is the expert, truly, at parenting. He is the perfect mm. father. And yeah. so, um, you know, there, there's much to learn from the Bible and from other people as well, of course. Um, but, yeah, just seeing seeing the day-to-day as being part of building up this beautiful, eternal thing. Because, you know, the, the results of our parenting, our children's lives, their souls, will be eternal. So, mm. yeah. yeah, that's well, a great way of putting it. And I think, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a very image-oriented person. The way I think about it is, you know, contrasting on one view, I think as parents we can fall into, in, into the kind of assembly line view of parenting where if I put all of these X ingredients right. into parenting, mm. I'll get Y result, you know. Mm. And so we, we obsess over, you know, getting all those ingredients in the, in the right place, in the right order, and then our kids will grow up and become these amazing people. Whereas I think your book, when it gets to the heart of it, as, as parents – you know, we've been called by God to to shepherd our kids, to disciple our kids, and it's more like it's really like a a journey of exploration. You know, where you kind of have this the map, the guide, the compass, so you kind of know the direction you're going to go in. But really, parenting is is you know, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, and there's going to be good days and bad days and exploration. But how much better is that as a as a as a an image? You know, to, uh, to picture parenting versus the assembly line view, which. Of course, in the assembly line view, it's all about control. You control everything. Mm. Whereas in the other view, it's much more God's in control, and you as a parent have limited control. You know, but but in the end, of, at the end of the day, you know, you are, you know, learning this along with your child of what your role is as a parent. And and so I don't know. That's that's not in your book, but to me, that's, I, I'm, mm. I'm an image oriented person. So that's kind of what I think about. Yeah, I think what you could add uh, from your image is that that also gives a great freedom to uh, acknowledge that there may be differences between Christian families. So we all have the same goals and perhaps the same uh, the same tools and the same same compass, but we may actually take slightly different routes to get there. Right, which is um, vital to remember know, that. Mm, yeah, I think that having the big picture does free up. Uh, a little bit of freedom when it comes to applying those big principles mm. that may not look exactly the same in your family as it does in ours. 
Which is, which is huge in parenting. You know, I know that uh, when you first bring in that first child and all of a sudden, you know, my wife and I were exposed to something called mom petition. This is the idea that like, you know, there's just, it's so easy to fall into the trap of like, here's a perfect way of doing things. And if you don't do it this way, then you're a bad parent. And the mm. judging and the, the, it's so easy to fall into that. And so giving the freedom to say like, you know, there's, there, there, there's the essential ingredients of, of, of what God's called us to do. But then within that, there's going to be a lot of variety as God leads people down different paths. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I, uh, just speaking on this, I, I do want to uh, get to something else you talk about in the book, because as I as I told you, I really want our listeners to, you know, for this conversation, uh, this podcast to really talk about the realities of parenthood. And so in the book, you talk about uh, I love what you call the bad mother moments. And I think that's so apropos to talking about you know, all parents are going to have those. And so I'd love for you to describe for, for the listeners who haven't read the book yet either that scene or another scene that you can relate to a bad mother moment and kind of talk about what that looks like for parenting. Yeah, I mean, we all have those. They're those moments that we're ashamed to remember, the moments when we just hope there are no secret cameras recording our behaviour. I think most of us, we have those moments that we just do and say things we deeply regret. Mm. And I think often it's when we lose our temper I think a lot of mothers, especially including me, are really shocked at the level of anger that we can feel around our children. We may have never considered ourselves to be an angry person before, but somehow uh, raising children is just so relentless. Uh, There's a lot of pressure on us and sometimes we explode. Uh, And I think I usually have those uh, bad mother moments when our children's behaviour triggers a strong emotion in me, when I'm kind of actually angry at myself for making a poor decision or when I feel disrespected or when I feel taken for granted or uh, a big one for me is when something comes between me and my finish line at the end of the day when (laughs) I know that bedtime is like just around the corner and someone you know, mucks up or they spill something or, you know, there's this added hurdle between me and my time when I, everything's quiet and I can sit down. And so I often have those bad mother moments at, at that point in the day when I'm just, I'm tired and I'm worn down and I've been doing this all day and I just want everyone to go to bed. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mentioned, really- yeah. I mentioned one bad mother moment in the book and I, I can share that in a moment, but to be honest, there are many bad mother moments that I was too ashamed of even to mention publicly. Um, but I do have a few good friends and we keep each other accountable uh, for these things. We share honestly our struggles about parenting and I. Uh, it's not that I've told no one about these things, but in a public place in my book, to be honest, I, it still makes me cry with shame when I think of some of the things that I've done or said in the heat of the moment. Um, you know, I share a story in the book uh, when one of our sons was a toddler and he was just learning to walk. We were in uh, the yard outside our house and he was just tottering around, testing out his new balancing skills and his three-year-old brother just came along and pushed him over. And I was just so angry and ashamed that my son would do that to his brother. 
that I ran over and pushed him back. <laughs> and it's just what an awful thing to do. And it makes me cringe when I, when I think that I did that uh, because I think often the bad mother moments are the ones that highlight our hypocrisy. When we realise that our behaviour is no better than our kids' behaviour, it's those moments when you're so fed up that you just yell out, stop yelling, and you think, <laughs> yeah. oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> I think that's why they're so shameful because they highlight our own hypocrisy. And yeah, um, so, you know, that's one example I talk about in the book. But as I said, there are plenty more I could I could talk about and we all have them and we all know that shame. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being very uh, real on that. I, I agree. I mean, I have my own moments like that where, yeah, I feel deeply ashamed and I think we all do and it's hard to talk about and we don't want to share that with others because um, it it challenges the way we see ourselves, I think. Exactly, but, yeah. <laughs> but it, it is good that you, um, it's good for anyone to have that accountability, to be able to share that with your spouse or with friends. And again, you know, to apologize to our children, to repent before the Lord, um, to seek his help and in um, overcoming those things. So yeah, I can definitely relate. And, and thanks for sharing that. Um, That's okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back to, we, we mentioned earlier, you know, I, I mentioned about God being the ultimate parent. And um, one of the things you talk about in your book is that we are children of our Heavenly Father. And so, you know, one of the things that I believe really affects us is our view of God, how we see God as a father, um, and how that affects our own view of parenting and how that affects the way that we, uh, treat our children, whether we're mothers or fathers. And so, um, I'd love to, you know, get some of your thoughts on that about, Mm. um, yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting to just take the time to reflect on, uh, God's fatherhood and it was really interesting for me to when I started reading, uh, so I started with the Bible, uh, and then I read around uh, sort of some modern parenting books. And what struck me was the modern parenting experts actually agree on something, uh, and they agree on the fact that the most effective parents strike a careful balance between warmth and firmness. Yeah. They really love their children unconditionally but they also have very clear expectations of their children. And I realized that's what I'd seen of God's fatherhood, that he loves us deeply. He forgives us. He accepts us. He provides for us. He listens to us. He guides us. Mm -hmm. But he also wants us to grow and mature. God wants his children to come to live out his family values, to make him proud by living the way he showed us. Um, And as part of that, God actually sometimes lets us experience hard things to discipline us. Uh, We might experience short-term pain to help us grow in the long term. And that's the famous passage in Hebrews 12 that we often talk about when we're talking about discipline. And so knowing all of that has shaped my own parenting, knowing or being clear that I want to lay a foundation of unconditional love. I want our children to have absolutely no doubt that we love them and we want the best for them. But precisely because of our love, we want to help them grow up into our family values. 
Yeah. And that sometimes means doing the hard stuff, the stuff that's uncomfortable or unpleasant for them. Um, but we want to have those clear expectations in our home and we want our children to trust that everything we do, even the unpleasant things, uh, you know, discipline or the hardship or whatever, everything we do is for their good, even mm. if it hurts mm. at the time. So we just want that foundation of love. So they never doubt that whatever we do or say is towards that aim of, of loving them and caring deeply about the kind of people that they're becoming. Uh, and so they go together, that unconditional love and those clear expectations. They're actually two sides of the same coin. Uh, it's because of our love that we want to see our children grow and mature into our values, which in our case are God's values. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you said, you know, just thought God's love for us doesn't ever just uh, condone or gloss over our sin or the ways that we need to be sanctified <clears throat> he his love for us is this uh, you know this holistic love where he uh, w- is committed to our ultimate good to mm. to making us like Christ to leading us to walking in holiness with him and eventually you know to being with him in eternity and so our love as parents for our children needs to reflect that aspect as well mm, exactly. Yeah, and I think you know, as you were speaking to that, you know, the God's love doesn't. Uh, it's two, you know two sides of the same coin. The on, on the one hand, you know, the unconditional love. On the other hand, the expectations for obedience. You know, mm. and um, I was actually just uh, talking to my wife about Romans two, where God, you know, well Paul speaking, he says, you know, he's speaking to the Jews, and he says, you know, do you not know that God's kindness was meant to lead you to repentance? Mm. And the point he's speaking to them is, you know, so often the human sinful heart wants to take advantage of kindness and to turn it into excuse for, you know, <laughs> indulging in my flesh. And, and Paul's point is, you know, God's kindness to us is meant to lead us closer to God, to wanting to follow him, to wanting to please him. And that's mm. a good thing. And, of course, with, with parenting, that's what we aim to do, too. We aim to love our kids, but at the same time help them understand that that our love for them um, you know, uh, is for their good. And so there are certain values we want to pass on to them because we know those things are for their good. And ultimately, mm-hmm. even I think in my own personal, you know, case, uh, one of the things that I constantly keep in mind with parenting is that, you know, I'm constantly trying to instill in my kids and, and you even have, have this whole idea with big picture parenting with, with the long-term mindset that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want yeah. them to only be thinking about in the moment what feels good right now. And I yeah. have to remember that as a parent. Maybe you could speak to that just for briefly. And I know we're, we're getting close on time, but maybe you can speak to that as we close. Yeah, I mean, certainly we, we parenting is about the future. <laughs> it's about the kind of adults that we want to raise. So I, I, that's, that was a big challenge for me, reading the Bible, is thinking about that future aspect. Where are we going with this? What are we aiming for? And I think it's a good place to start if you're feeling if you're feeling like things in your family are not ideal, they're not uh, how you want them to be. Well, well, think think towards the future. Okay, in a year's time or in six months' time, what do we want things to be like in our family? How do we want to be speaking to each other, treating one another, um, and just make some practical steps towards that. Um, and again, yeah, keeping the long-term view all the time, especially when 
bad things, hard things happen, that's when we're tempted to just always step in quickly to fix things. We just want to fix it. We want to comfort everybody and make everything all right. And we just want our children to be happy. But we need to keep the long-term view that actually a life that is truly meaningful, that's truly satisfying, that is good in that big picture way is actually a life that doesn't focus on the here and now and my momentary happiness, but it's a life that um, that lives out the values that God has taught us, confident in his forgiveness in Jesus. So certainly keeping the long-term view is really important uh, in Christian parenting. Well, I really enjoyed your book, um, and I want to just thank you so much for, for agreeing to be on. When I, when I, you know, just even saw the title of your book, I said, this is exactly what, what we're all about with what we want to see with Cross Life is for parents to have a vision for their calling before God, and, and, and that it's, it's a wonderful thing, you know, it's a freeing thing to know, um, as you even said, you know, being freed from having to sort of the, the, the slavery of the blogosphere, the slavery of all the, the writing out there, all the thou shalt and thou shalt not to parenthood, the freedom that you begin to experience. You know, that's what we want for our, for our listeners and for those who, who, who come into contact with what we're doing at Cross Life is because this is it's a beautiful message for parents. And I, I do think that, you know, we're inundated so much as parents with, you know, an endless, infinite list of all the things we should be doing and not doing. And so I want to thank you personally for your book. It really blessed me. And the book is called Big Picture Parents, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Life. And we're going to be giving away two copies of this book. So for listeners, if you go to our Facebook page and you like um, and you, you uh, like us on Facebook, if you leave a comment uh, about the podcast that you heard uh, today with Harriet, then uh, you'll be entered in. And also, if you go to our website and you leave a comment on the Conversations for Life page, uh, you do one of those two things, you'll be entered to win a free copy of Harriet's uh, wonderful book and and also, we'll have links to her book through for Amazon and ChristianBook.com. And Harriet, again, thank you so much for being on. Is there anything, you know, kind of last words of wisdom you wanted to impart to anyone? Just go back to the Bible, I guess. Yeah, just God loves us and He wants to guide us in everything, in all of life, uh, including our parenting. So, yeah, I know you speak about uh, mothers and fathers being theologians. Well, I just encourage people to, um, yeah, take time to listen to God and let him give you his big picture for parenting. And thanks so much for having me on today. Thank you so much, Hey, It was really a pleasure. Amen. I put you on the spot there. So, hey, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And like I said, please, please visit us on Facebook, on our website, uh, crosslifetoday.org, and leave us a comment, like us, and subscribe. Take care, everyone. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, you can find more resources for carrying out the Great Commission at home, at church, and in the world at www.crosslifetoday.org. Until next time, take care and God bless.